Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Mitchell. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show, coming at you from the bunker in Southern California. Sitting on my left, my co-host, my partner. Shumahan Bone, American Indian, Southern Uh-oh. Californian, Elegant Barbarian, bringing you some fucking heat once again. Yeah. Damn. What you know about that? Come on. Those yeah. of you that know, know. That's King Salmon. And on my left is on sound Sean Lewis, certified audio professional engineer for the heart. Let's go. It's my life. It's my life. I want to love a boy. I want to love a boy. It's my life. I don't give a fuck. And, bro, joining us in studio, a reoccurring guest, show support. That's some good shit for the hard luck, baby. Our assistant. The man. The judio. The legend. Santa Monica. Mr. B. Schwartz. Welcome back in, Schwartz. What up, boy? Look, hey, yo, hey, yo, I came up once I learned every dollar ain't saving. Spend five to make ten. You can't be lackadaisical. It blew my mind when I learned Coke was microwavable. Plenty tricks I learned in the trade to help me make it through. Everything I didn't have, my hunger was insatiable. Now I need my cash up front. Pussy is pay per view. Like only fans. What's the plans if you ain't profiting? If not, you just a waste of oxygen. I'm popping and dipping. Yeah. Yeah. Schwartz, what's your take on King Salmon? What's your what's your take on King Salmon? Um, the rapper? 
Yes, of course. Is there well, any no, other? no, no. But I'm saying the you know the uh, the shroom stories. You know, talking about his rapping or just the whole package. The whole thing. Tell us about. I mean, you can't talk about the it, King Salmon without talking about the entire Spawny. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's fucking comedy gold. <sighs> I love it. Um, the rapping. You know, it's okay. Not really my speed, but um, you know, respect for doing his thing. But uh, okay. Yeah, the shroom stories I got down with because of my own experiences. So. What kind cool. of experiences have you had on shrooms? Okay. Oh, man. Um, plenty as a young age, but I think uh, that kind of stuff is for the young mind. So you get uh, zapped out like a Tesla. You have what? too many things to think about as you get older, I believe. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> some wild, Wait, why are you wild. laughing at that, Steve? Because some of these fucking psychedelics and some of these drugs that really get you thinking, like you can do that shit when you're young. And you haven't fucking collected too much fucking wreckage. Yeah, you get no getting older and get on that shit, man. You want to jump off a fucking building. <laughs> Everybody's having a good time. You're stressed out in the corner. Sean, what's your take on that? Does it matter how old you are when you take shrooms? No. I did. No. Know, <laughs> I mean, look. There's a lot of the uh, like the old school. I mean, yeah, that's okay. Like, there's a lot of them old school like hippie dudes like in uh, Marin County that are still fucking taking shrooms. Right, and in fact, uh, let's see. Um, here's a guy that's still on shrooms. He took shrooms when he was older. Where are the bums? There's no bums here. <laughs> you guys remember that guy? For sure. He, yeah. did, he took some shrooms, and this is what he said. And then they feel violated when I look at them. <laughs> Why? Because I have sunglasses on, and I'm weird. <laughs> All right. Um, so this show uh, is going to be one of our true crime shows, one of our beloved true crime shows. And it's going to be on Beretta. Yeah. Do you remember uh, when this happened? Uh, and do you remember the star that was involved? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Are you kidding me, man? This was big, dude. It was huge, right? I grew up on Beretta. Right. Talk about a major motherfucking TV star, bro. Yeah, in a time when there was... What year do you think that was? I would say that that was around... I want to say that that was around 90. Oh, bro. Am I far off? Way off. Uh, yeah, Beretta really right? is an American detective series which ran on ABC. No, 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 no. Not the, the, the show. I the show. Know, when, did the, no, when was that no, about? That was fucking the 70s, bro. Yeah. 75 through 78. I'm talking about oh, the wow. crime. Yeah. The, 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 the. When was that? The alleged murder. Alleged right. That was, yeah, in the, in the 90s. Restaurant. It was just after OJ. Got it. See? And uh, yeah, it was just after OJ because OJ had given him uh some fucking advice. Mm. When 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 he got early in, mid 90s, early 90s. When he got gaffled up, when they finally gaffled up Beretta, um they OJ told him like first thing he said is Don't admit to nothing. Well, I mean, that's, the, that's exactly. That's the first thing he said. He said um don't take a polygraph test. That was number one. I would love to. Don't take a polygraph OJ test. Told him. Don't smear your dead wife. Don't talk shit about your dead wife. But above all, don't turn on the television because it's going to drive you crazy. You watch TV and you watch all the shit they talk about, it's just extra torture. So no polygraph. Don't talk shit about the dead old lady. Don't watch TV. That's my advice to you, Beretta. I've been through this. Successfully, right? Right. I oh. beat a hot one. He beat a hot one, bro. He beat a fucking hot one, and now here we are. 
in the middle of um, this case. And the interesting thing about the Beretta case is Robert Blake. Yes. Right? And his real name was something like Michael Gabaguni. And he was from New Jersey. Michael Gabagoo. Yeah, it was like Gabagoogie. Some kind of like super Some poor. Strange dessert. Yeah, a real broke Italian dude family from New Jersey. That's where he originally hails from. And he didn't really take the name. It's like Frank Sinatra. Right. He didn't take the name Robert Blake until later. Right. But his dad even changed. His dad changed his name to Blake. Think well, about that's it. That's weird. It is real weird, right? That's weird. Like some he like it, uh, Robert Blake. Um, he always like gave, you know. He always kind of indicated that his dad was a frustrated like celebrity. Like his dad wanted to be a celebrity. That's why he changed his name. His dad wanted to be a celebrity, and the only and it was like one of those. It was big family and all that other kind of stuff. And they moved out to Los Angeles or whatever when he was a kid. Robert Blake was a kid. And Robert Blake, when he was still like Mickey Gubligani, right? Michael Mickey Gubligani. Is that when he was doing Dead End Kids and all that? That's when he went on to the Little Rascals. Mm-hmm. Oh, Blue Eyes, do you, what is the Little Rascals? Uh, it's a show with kids it's running sh- around. It's a show with, really describe it. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, dude, I never watched it. Never watched it. I you mean, never watched The Little Rascals? Never watched it. Never saw it. Okay, who's Spanky? He's the guy with the little pokey thing up top of his head. I don't know. Nope, that's no, that's Alfalfa. That's Alfalfa. Uh, yeah, I all don't right. know who Spanky is. Either. Spanky was the fat one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they all made that handshake by the and yeah. by doing that thing under their chin. Remember that? And it well, was like that, a, that, that, that was the fucking that was the that was Marx the brothers. No, <laughs> that was the Three Stooges that did. No, that. no, no, no. All right. Damn three it, Stooges, yeah. that's right. No, uh, Three Stooges. I get mad because they did do this as a club handshake oh, for the Little they? Rascals. I didn't really for watch sure. Like it. Yeah. Definitely, Three Stooges waved their fingers like this and went. They didn't do this. They might have, but that wasn't the club handshake. All right, you know what? Now I'm gonna have to fuck it. Oh God! Now he's gonna have to drop some knowledge on you. All right. Can you please play the the gorilla oral sex video again? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Gorillas go downtown. <laughs> All right, wh- while we're definitely related. Wh- while we wait. The gorillas go downtown. What a fucking who wrote that? <laughs> like who, who was like? All right, yeah. That, that, that. Dude, when you're writing headlines for a thing, you gotta put some good. I know oh you write some headlines. Gorillas go down. Well, what would you say? What's a better headline? What's a good? No, I'm just like. I was thinking. Great headline. The, the fact that they're like if go anybody... downtown. That's <laughs> Gorillas do too. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, that's all right. That's a whole different topic. All right. Anyway, back to Robert Blake. Anyway, forget it. Well, I'm not gonna chase down Spanky and all this other shit. Right. But anyway, he was in the Little Rascals. He was. I thought he was actually in the Dead End Kids. It was the Dead End Kids slash Rascals. And he knows all those dudes. And he used to complain later that nobody got paid. Really? Like they got paid like a day wage, which was enough for his dad to get them in a nice house and to give up the thing. But uh, it was called the Dead End Gang. They eventually became the Little Rascals. But they didn't get royalties on any of that shit. It was before all that. That's crazy. I didn't make any money. Oh, and then a lot of people claim that that's why he was kind of like why Robert Blake had a chip on his shoulder. Okay, and he was also like 5'3". Mm-hmm. 
You know, the Robert Blake story and the murder, let's just set out what the murder was, right? <clears throat> so what they said was, and what had happened was, Robert Blake. I ate at this restaurant that they were at. Vitello's. Right. How was the food there? It's kind of like one of those, like, Cheese ball, 1970s, kind of a little bit gaudy, off the top Italian restaurants. Right. Well, where was it? Where was it? It was in North Hollywood. No, no, it's in Hollywood. In Hollywood. Vitello's. Vitello's. Because this guy, what happened? Well, like, it's... It's, I don't know, is that North Hollywood? I thought it's it was like in the right valley. Yeah, I thought happened. it was yeah, in the I valley. I think the murder happened in the valley. Oh, it's, it is in the valley. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I didn't mean Hollywood. I didn't mean Hollywood. North Hollywood. Even, uh, you're right, you're right. Yeah. right. North Just Hollywood. Just over the hill. Just man. over it, the hill. It's yeah. almost like, what do you call it, village or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right? Valley, City, valley, like valley, valley Village. Valley Village. Yeah. Right, right that's right. There, bro. Right, so if yeah. you don't know anything about L.A., you know that the valley in North Hollywood is kind of like a schmaltz. Like that was like the porno, warehouse right, porno right. of like the eight, 70s through the like 2000s before everything went to U-porn and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is, but that area, that little niche right against the mountain on the other side was kind of right nice. over by Highland. Right. Where yes. Highland starts coming right. around. Because That's some people that are living off of Mulholland and up that in the hills would go down on the other side and want right. to fucking dip exactly. in and do whatever, right? Yep. Now you're on it. Okay. So this place is there, Vitello's. So this is what happened. First, I'm just going to tell you what happened, right? Robert Blake and his wife, Bonnie. Bonnie, that's right. Bonnie Lee Blakely. 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 She had a weird last name. I can see it. I remember a picture of her. Right. She was Zaftig, as they say. Schwartz, what does Zaftig mean? A little thick. A little thick. Zaftig. <clears throat> do you ever get it short? Do you ever get impressed with my knowledge of fucking Yiddish? I do actually. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. Worked with a guy named Mort, taught me everything. All right, here we go. <laughs> Remember Mort? I definitely do. That guy was an old Alta Cocker talked about his balls and his ass every fucking <laughs> Real Schwartz. Sounds like my yeah. grandfather. He was, Alta a mensch. he was a real mensch. Zaya mensch. Listen. Okay. This Gavilta guy. Bitch. <laughs> guy was like 90. Eight. Driving like a Honda Fit, 98, you know. Real, anyway, carried his lunch every day. Yeah. Still working. Furniture store. This guy, so, so Robert Blake Bonnie married. They have a baby together named Rosie. Okay. They go to Vitello's for dinner. With the baby? They left the baby with his daughter. He's got a daughter named Delina. Okay. All right. So they go to the restaurant. He has chicken soup. She has seafood and wine. They're there for an hour. It's around 6.30. Robert Blake says that his wife, Bonnie, said that she was being stalked. And she was scared. So she asked him to bring his gun. His gun. They go to the restaurant. He checks his gun in at the restaurant. I guess that's what you do. Like a, like a coat? What? Mm. He checked his gun in at the restaurant. I mean, I've never seen that. I don't, I think he gave like, it to like the, my gun? yeah. Like, oh, here's my hat, my coat, and oh, by the way, my gun. 
Right? Does that's that sound weird. right? That sounds no. weird, right? Yeah. It already sounds like, hi, what are you going to do if somebody's stalking you and you gave the gun to somebody else? Well, they finish dinner. They jump in the car. He's got like a charger, some kind of like black charger, right? And it's like Robert Blake. You know, we're talking like the 90s, so it's like 20, 30 years after the height of Beretta. Oh, Don't yeah. forget, he played the psycho killer in Cold Blood. Yeah, that's... The Truman Capote uh, book that got made into a movie, and he was talked about getting an Oscar. Didn't get it. Again, guy was real bitter. Yep. Bitter little oh, Italian yeah. man. <laughs> Gets in the car. They drive a, like maybe five seconds, and he realizes, bing, I forgot my gun. He forgot his gun at the restaurant, Vitello's. So he pulls the car over. He runs back to get his gun. He goes into Vitello's while he gets his gun that he forgot. He decides he needs to drink two glasses of water. Two? Two. Two glasses of water. So he drinks two glasses of water. Now, mind you, he didn't say, I forgot my gun and drive the car back to the front of the restaurant and just leave it running and just jump, run in and run out. It was parked about a block or two blocks down away from the restaurant, and he hoofed it back to the restaurant. That's why I needed the two glasses of water. He was maybe perched. Parched. Parched. Right. Got the gun, drank two glasses of water. When he returned to, the go- to his car, he was shocked to find his, his wife, brains blown out in the front seat. Wow. Random undisclosed, unanticipated violence had taken his wife. Bonnie. Dead. Didn't have his gun in time. Didn't have his gun. He ran. Knocked on neighbor's doors. One finally answered. Blake was blubbering and crying and spitting bubbles and my wife, my wife. You know, 911. They called 911. They returned to the car. She's dead as a door now. DOA when they finally took her to St. Vincent's. He's crying. He even throws up in the gutter. There is zero evidence. Zero. You know, like in OJ when they found like a shoe print and some gloves and some fucking... There's not even any of that. What they do find is a very rare German Walter P38 or P39, whatever that is. In a trash can that was the murder weapon, not too far away. Well, now the cops know the whole thing stinks to high heaven. Who the hell forgets a gun? Who the hell, you know, runs back to get it, comes back, and their wife is shot in the front seat? Nobody knows who the fuck that is, right? And thus starts a multi year expensive because you got to remember this is happening after OJ. So L.A. wants a win. Parks has become the chief through a series of events to house cleaning the LAPD. And he won't even, they're asking him, isn't it, I mean, isn't Robert Blake the suspect? And he won't say anything. He's saying he is and he's, we're not saying he is and we aren't saying he's not. And they engage in this full-on investigation to find out what happened. To Robert Blake's 
quick. I want to take the pulse of the room. Sean, do you think Robert Blake is guilty at this point? <laughs> what? Come on. Okay. Schwartz? Yeah. Yes. I do too. I mean, you guys got to remember too, man. Robert Blake at this point in time, like there's always little things going on with Robert Blake. Like what? Every few years, some news will get brought on to Robert Blake. Where he said something crazy. He fucking choked out a photographer. Oh, he really? fucking blew up on the scene of a fucking commercial from a fucking Tide. He get, went on some rant on late night fucking talking about how he never got fucking robbed his money as a child. And they robbed him and the politics and the connections in Hollywood and this. So he was a resentful guy, and he did lash out, and he was kind of also a peculiar dude. Yeah, he was a real weird guy. He. L- l- let me just say this. Go ahead. Of course, it's a surprise, right? Right. When anything like this happens. But there's a small part of this that, like, as it unfolds and you find out Robert Blake and his wife. Made sense. You're like, oh, oh okay. That's why right away, I think he's guilty. Right. Because there was already... Weird shit with that dude. He was already weird, and like darkly right. weird. Darkly weird. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Not weird and like innocence weird. Robin or... Williams, like oh, no, oh, no, oh, weird oh. in a way like you get a dark side and you didn't know Big what time. it was. And so when the murder shows up, you're like, it, it already feels like a fit almost. So they paid for dinner and left at nine thirty. Mm. When he returned and found her dead, it was about nine fifty. That's 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And the fact that he would, they, I mean, I'm sure they grilled him. So you got the gun. Then what did you do? And he's like, I drank right. two glasses yeah. of water. Right. Like, I, even if I did drink the two glasses of water, right. I don't even know that I would say that. Right. I mean, how fucking fucking. Wait, it just said like I had some sound? water. <laughs> yeah. I had a. One and a half glasses of water, <laughs> if I recall. Right. Now, one wasn't enough. I asked the bartender for another. All right. So that's kind of what. That's what took 20 minutes. That's at the top. That's at the top, right? That's sort of it. It's an obvious. Blake's a hothead, weird, dark fuck, right? With a chip on his shoulder. His wife's dead. Who says all the shit that he said? Riddled with inconsistencies. But there's no proof. You really don't have proof. And the guy's probably always saying at the very end of everything Blake says is, how could I have shot her? I left my gun at the restaurant. (laughs) Right? I mean, you can almost tell that somebody thought this out. Like, well, the best alibi would be that I dropped my gun back at the restaurant and had to go back and get it. How could they say I shot her? So the police had to definitely, and there was no powder burns or anything on his hand. So the police would definitely have to think about, well, you must have had an accomplice. Now, wait a minute. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay, are you saying that they conclusively did a hand gunpowder test on his hands? Yeah, and they I'm did. saying they they checked all the evidence, the bumper, everything, and there was nothing. That's crazy. What, what and the mean? gun that so he left was there, but they checked. They the they looked. They they printed the car. They did all the shit to try to figure out. And of course. His prints would be all over the car because it's his Dodge Stealth. That's his car. Right. And no one's saying it ain't. And who can verify whether or not she actually told him, I'm being stalked? Except him. He was the last one to talk to her. And who could say, no, he did come back and get his gun? How do you know? 
Well, Vitalos would be like, yeah, he came back in and got his guns. I would just like to look at the certain... I'd like to, as we dig through this, I want to find out why he got his lady fucking hit. I mean, it's obviously he didn't do it. Right, that's what I'm... The, but sure. but he had her fucking whack. There's no way in the world this guy's gonna go to get his gun and your wife gets murdered in the time that you're I'm, fucking gun. right it's now. It's not gonna happen. I'm looking at a picture of the Dodge Stealth, the black Dodge Stealth. Yeah, mm-hmm. parked where it was when she got hit. And do we is, know where she was at when it got hit though? In the front seat, passenger. So it's it's a picture and it's in a residential neighborhood. Yeah, it is on in a, a residential side street. on a side street where it's like grass right there. But look at the little box. That little electrical yeah. box. Someone could easily just hide behind that. Yeah. Or okay, so what so Sean her- is... So wait, people can't see this. So Sean's showing is one of those giant electrical boxes that you see on city streets. The Dodge is parked right in front of the electrical box, which would hide a grown man from the passenger side where Bonnie was sitting. Right. He pulled up and was like, all right, I'm going to take or- off. Right when I pull up, waiting for me to fucking... Get out of eyesight, do your thing. Right, and then bounce. And then bounce. And then even if they weren't right there, it would obfuscate an an approach, right? Right, If someone was just walking up or something. How many times was she shot? Like, I want to say two. Like two in the head, like... Two in the head. Like a professional That's the other thing, too, is like, you could go with a route and they go, oh, well, a professional, a professional, a professional, would a professional fucking leave the gun? No. No, but the gun's different. It's a rare German pistol. I understand. And the gun that he went to go back and get was a thirty-eight. So you're setting up like this. I definitely didn't have to shoot it, but why he didn't have to go get his gun? He had to get it. The reason the gun had to come into play was because he says that she made the claim that she was being stalked. Exactly. That takes care of possibly why she got murdered. That's exactly what they did. Also gives up the reason why I have the gun. That's exactly why you put it out there. So, in order to understand why Blake might want it, and the motive, the L.A. motive, finally, when they arrested this schnook, the motive that they articulated was that Robert Blake was trapped in a marriage that he didn't want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's going, well, yeah, that's my situation. Now, what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like Schwartz, I know you're happily married, but maybe exactly. Schwartz is saying like, oh, no. But, no. <clears throat> but this is different. Why? First thing is, is that Bonnie was a celebrity stalker. Star fucker? She, hold on. <laughs> hold on, bro. I don't know that she even fucked any stars. All right? She was stalking them first. Mm. Okay? She grew up in New Jersey as well. He was from Nutley, whatever the fuck that is. Maybe because he's nuts. She's from another part of New Jersey. Like something. She was a celebrity stalker. Her parents were like out of their mind or whatever. She had a event when she was 11, had to go live with her grandma. She got fixated on Elvis and um, this other guy, I can't think of his name now. She chased after those guys for years. What? Yeah. Years. Yeah, yeah, and so she actually and this dude marries this woman. Well, what the fuck? well, I'll tell you what happened, bro. She fucking met him at a place in North Hollywood called Chadney's. The thing about this story, right? Like the the t- surface of it is interesting to the extent that you've got this sort of like murder case. 
But what's really at the bottom of this is the most C-level, dark, gross, North Hollywood, schmaltzy fucking murder story. It's Robert Blake, and it's Bonnie. And she meets Robert Blake at this place called Chadney's, which is like this like cheese fuck like jazz thing in North Hollywood that all these old, like burned out C-level celebrities that are over the hill are hanging out at. I mean, really think about the time. Think about the early 90s and think about what kind of celebrity stalker is not at least in Beverly Hills trying to find Tom Cruise. (laughs) No, she's sucking around Chadney's, like somewhere by Burbank. It's in Toluca Lake. Toluca Lake. Toluca Lake. Right, Toluca Lake. <laughs> Wait, I think that's where the restaurant was, Toluca Lake. Listen, she's sucking around Chadney's, a place called Chadney's. And they're c- celebrating some vaudeville comedian's birthday that no one's ever heard of. Like not like 10 times lower than like Red Skelton or whatever the fuck that is. And she's there trying to hook up with something from Hollywood. And there's all these 70-year-old fucking Viagra pill dudes running around in Chadney's listening to Chad. And so who was the young hot buck <laughs> at fucking North Hollywood Toluca Lake Chadney's? Spanky. Re- retirement? The retirement party? Robert Blake. He was the young 60-something buck running around acting like a big shot. And what did he have on? What was he wearing? First of all, he had like boots on with Special boots with elevator heels, <laughs> so he would be instead of five three five five, right? Little bit of fucking work on the face, right? The guy was wearing a black muscle shirt, driving a Dodge Stella. <laughs> he was the hot That's guy. That's what I'm saying. That was a real weird guy. <laughs> he was the hot guy running around there, right? Now, Bonnie. She was her own pornographer. Mm. She had her own mail order crotch shot business. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Before the internet, she had developed a whole sophisticated system of back page classified ads with like ads in it that would say things like you know um, young girl lonely young woman looking for an older man shit that only a guy would think a woman could write. Like, no woman really wants that. You're not going to put it in back ads in a classified. Like, it ain't happening. It'd be the same thing as waiting around in the middle of the night and a girl says she wants to suck your dick and then it turns out that girl's a guy. Because, like, no girl's really going around at night sucking dick, right? <laughs> right? That's, that's motherfucking King Sam. <laughs> there's, like, like, you just know at the gate that there's no... Seriously, young lady. When you're hosing down a restaurant at nighttime, <laughs> no lady's gonna just come up in the middle of the night and Be blow like, you behind the dishwasher. I don't even it need anything. Like I just want you to do it. All right. So check this out. So 
So she has these crotch shots that she's sending to truckers and retired old lonely men, right? And she's pen palling them. And she's got it all down. She's real sophisticated. She knows the ones that like a clean shaven gal. Or she, she ain't, she's got this whole fucking stack of photos of her. How much to show, how much not to show. The ones that like a rugged, hairy one. The ones that like a shay one. You know, ones that want to grow. Well, those matted all down. <laughs> Dreadlocks. Dreadlock, all matted down, period blood. <laughs> like what? Like what? All mangy. <laughs> like one that looks like the tread that ripped off a tire on yeah, the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's her business. And her ex-husband. Is helping her run it. And her kids can see everything. It doesn't matter. And she's like a total nudist. And she would jump in the water and, and naked even when her friends' kids. Like, she was real. Like, she when she was 11. This is in the backstory. When she was 11, there was a nudist pool colony by her grandma's house. And she, when they first went to go jump in the pool... The guy who ran the colony told her, sure, you can, you can wear it because you guys are only 11 when you wear your swimsuits. Mm. Then when they got there, he's like, nah, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> How would it look? How would it look? Everyone else is there. <laughs> How would that look? I can't. Get out of those clothes and get in here. So her friends had the sense to, to, like, they weren't jumping in the pool naked. Bonnie, no problem, naked. And in fact, she went back there regularly. She'll go naked wow. anytime she can. So she went in, and she had a whole different feeling about nudity and using nudity to make money. She really didn't. And then some level of me kind of is like, you know what? Why not? That's what she wants to do. And she made enough money to support her family, her ex-husband, and a couple of other people. Now, was she juggling social security numbers and, and you know, redirecting the... Uh, you know, old men, old liver-spotted men who were lonely, <laughs> redirecting their disability and Social Security checks to her house? Sure. <laughs> sure, she was. Sure, she was. She built up her business to such an extent, and she wanted to be a celebrity so bad. She First, she wanted to be a celebrity. When she realized it was too hard that you had to be focused, she decided, you know what? I'll just hook up with a celebrity. And her biggest claim to fame was sucking Jerry Lee Lewis's dick. And she would get on the horn and talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, look at Steve's face. This book is amazing because there's so much weird, cheesy, sad, like just pathetic shit in it. It's an unbelievable. <laughs> it's like the Walmart version of the O.J. Simpson thing, kind of. So her biggest claim to fame was that she she was following Frankie Valley. That's who I was trying to think of for twenty years, trying to follow Frankie Valley. I think you know gave like his roadie a hand job or something. That was the closest she got to that. And then she sucked Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Lewis's dick. So now she's about forty. Okay, now she's thinking I'm gonna make my big LA debut. What does she do? What does she do? On Sunset Boulevard, she rents a billboard. Puts a picture on it and her phone number. Why does that sound familiar too, bro? <laughs> that does sound familiar. That's friggin' nuts. God damn, that sounds familiar. I think I might have seen one of these billboards, bro. I really do. Right. 
She, Do she they was, have one? I don't know. Okay. But she's saying, like, look, I'm a chick, blonde, with some knockers. And a pussy. Here, yeah, here's my number. Give me a call. Give me a call. Thank God I have a photo of that. Give me a call. God, this guy married this bitch, dude. Like, well, I, I, I mean, that's what you're thinking every time you go through it. So she meets him at Chadney's. She's the youngest 40-something at Chadney's. And he's the handsome hunk, the young, the teenage, the Fonz. He's the Fonz of Chadney's. 67-year-old dude with a muscle black t-shirt on and a fake tan. And, like, real fake-ass dyed hair. Real black dyed hair. Right. You know, yeah, guy like, sweet, he almost got the stains on his forehead. Giuliani, the Giuliani drew. Yeah. Right, right. Where you you, yeah. you can tell by his eyebrows. You're like, no, oh, that ain't your hair. Come on, man. Real diet, right? Muscle shirt. Muscle shirt. And lift elevator shoes. You know. And he's there. Now he's been in Hollywood. A crazy motherfucking look. Sounds like, like a combo. fucking murderer to me. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking perfect. If I had to come up with the look of a murderer, I'd fucking here. Here, let me give you a little explanation of how it sounds. So, <clears throat> this is, by the way, uh, I want to give you the platform exact, lift shoes. Blood cold. Blood cold is the. <laughs> like a, oh wait, that's the name a of the bad book? horror book, movie. Blood cold. Check this book out. Blood cold. You can get it on Audible. You can get it on Amazon. Blood, blood cold. Wow. This is where I get a lot of play on that uh, that movie that he did. Yes, sir. It's so good though. Blood. All right, so he goes. All right, so. Uh, so she shows up at Chadney's, and this is her sister talking. Oh, they used each other, said her sister Marjorie. Whenever Will needed, her friend, a young woman on his arm for a party or something, he'd call Bonnie. Jordan introduced her to Blake, who was in rare form that night. While everyone else wore evening clothes, Robert had on a sleeveless black t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been facing his 65th birthday in less than three weeks, but his daily exercise regimen, it paid off in a well muscle. Wait a minute, dude. But see, I remember this motherfucker on talk shows and stuff wearing a crew neck sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off. Right. Like some jeans, right? With right. Like some boots. Like, did, dude, it was like on some crazy like. Like trying to act like a tough guy. Like a right, weird. Dude, but like, like a weird tough guy. With like the shiny skin because of a little bit of work. Added, oh add to the God. facelift he'd gotten five years earlier in the I mean, weekly like, dying ritual. Steve real, real nervous. It's on the floor, bro. He was the virile young Steve. leading man. Right? And she had just celebrated her 42nd birthday. I need a cigarette. All right, all right, all right. Give you a sec. The flesh was drooping, swelling, and gathering in folds. She was on prescription pills and fad diets to try to keep it tight, but it was falling apart. She had hair peroxide, and so it looked like a fright wig. It was all thin and fright wiggy. <laughs> but in the dark din of Chadney's, right? Like, you know how <laughs> that place I, is super dark. Have you ever, Sean, have you ever been in a situation where. It's like the lights are kind of low in a little in a place and you, you can't really get a good look. And so, you know, for the moment, like the fantasy isn't fucked up because you can't really see yeah. what's going on. You're just yeah. kind of like, well, yeah. But then if you saw her in the broad daylight of the mall the next day, yeah. you'd just be like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> right. So that's what's going on, right? So, uh, so they start talking, right? And... She runs up to Robert Blake 
and uh, she sidles up to him, giggling every time he's talked. Blake sat up in a, a little straighter, and he was clowning around more. And uh, he was doing Beretta shtick. Oh, no. 65 and doing Beretta shtick. So he was saying everything like, this and that. Uh, this thing over there. This thing over there. He was acting like Beretta. Now that he had this, like, 40-year-old blonde chick. She was, I saw the billboards, bro. Yes. All right, check this oh, you out. You got a picture of it? Fucking yeah. crazy, Get you. So listen to this. You got to hear it. This gets even crazier. That crazy. Jesus. This, <laughs> listen. So, so Bonnie sidles up, giggling every time Robert Blake opens his mouth. He's sitting up straight. He's clowning a little more. Yeah. He's doing his Beretta banter, peppering <laughs> his punchlines with Jersey-esque diss and dot and d's. You know, yeah. hamming it up. Uh. Blake and Bonnie leave Chadney's, which, by the way, as a side note, six months after they met there, the roof caved in from a heavy rainstorm at Chadney's. They bulldozed it and put a Burger King in its place. Nice. (laughs) They leave early. They're alone in the parking lot. And according to Bonnie's sister, Blake's behaving like a teenager in heat. He was all over her before they even climbed in the front seat. She left her car at Chadney's, uh, you know. At every stoplight, Blake would turn and start making out with her. I mean, it's just disgusting. 65-year-old dyed job dude and this 40-year-old over-the-hill celebrity stalker making out at every stoplight, which, by the way, there's a lot of stoplights, right? Um, he didn't tell her about his prostate problem that made it hard for him to get an erection, and she didn't tell him that she was wearing a corset. You know, they were, <laughs> they were just, you know, kind of... You know, or her slip disc. You know, she didn't mention anyone. <laughs> right. They finally get to her hotel, and she's staying at the Holiday Inn. Right? C-level celebrity. 65. Holiday Inn. Making out in a car like a bunch of teenagers, but they're all old. They don't even make it out of the car. He blows his load right there in the car. <laughs> you say that? Yeah, they do. <laughs> And then sated and happy, Bonnie, Bobby says a fond goodnight. He doesn't offer, nor does she request a service fee. (laughs) Instead, they exchange telephone numbers and promise to keep in touch. And her newest paramour drove off into the night. And she saw his personalized license plate disappearing. And the personal license plate says, says who? Jesus Christ. Really think about that, Steve. Chadney's 65 year old muscle dude with bad hair. License plate reading says who? Jellyfish titted woman. Holiday Inn. Bad news. <laughs> says who? What could All go wrong? What, what could go wrong? How did she marry him? How did, how did he marry her? I mean, would you ever marry a woman that you met at Chadney's? No, I just don't. Why this guy's marrying some chick with billboards up? Why does this chick marry that? Exactly. <sighs> she was also messing around with another C-level celeb. Not even a C-level. He might be E, but he's connected to an A-lister. Well, let None? me guess. Go. Art Linkletter. <laughs> <laughs> Weirder than that. 
Marlon Brando's son, Christian. Oh, Jesus. What a shit show. Isn't he dead, too? Yep. Yeah. So she had both of these fish on the line for a minute. Wow. Christian Brando mm -hmm. and Robert Blake. She didn't even fully know who Robert Blake was until her sister told her. Then she got real excited. Beretta? Yeah. Right? I mean, Beretta's cool, but that's not... Brando. Not that fucking cool. Dude, it's not even, it's not even fucking uh, Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. is kind of cheesy. But it, at least it was a big fuck. It was like a really... It's not even that. It's Beretta. Which is, what was Beretta, really? What was that show? It was a guy walking around with a... a, a Parrot. Yeah! Detective. A detective with a bird on his shoulder. Think about how lame that is. Can you pitch that? Now listen here. He's a guy who's a detective. He's hard-boiled, but he's walking around with a bird on his shoulder. Sounds crazy. Sounds fucking nuts. Who's the lead? Someone we know? Robert Blake. The guy from The Little Rascal? Yeah, that guy. How does she get him? Well, first and foremost, right, she pretends to be kind of coy and I guess Robert Blake's dark and violent apparently according to her sister one time when they were do doing it uh -huh. he ripped the hair out <laughs> what he ripped the hair out of her <laughs> he liked the rough stuff he liked the <laughs> 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 he ripped the hair out of her head and she was still there right and then she's like running around with Christian Brando Right, not telling each other about each other and writing letters, all the while sending crotch shots out to old geezers <laughs> and bilking them. I mean, really think about this whole scene, bro. Dude. Really think about this. And he's living in his North Hollywood ranch, ranch which he's called Matahari. <laughs> That's the Matahari Ranch. You know that if 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 a lot of that, more of that would have been exposed up front in the trial, all this antics. He might have had more of a fucking alibi that somebody wanted to kill her. Well, they did bring it up. Harlan Braun, his attorney, brought up, what do you think? That it's impossible for her to have enemies? Mm -hmm. right. She ripped off a bunch of dudes. Right. She ripped off a bunch of dudes. Right. I mean, it's easy. Anybody like that, you'd be like, come on, man. This person's doing all sorts right. of Right. This ain't fucking Mother Teresa. <laughs> right. Exactly. This, this it's not Mother Teresa. <laughs> this ain't Mother Teresa. I'm sure that's the first thing they thought. But she's got Brand she's got Christian Brando on one thing. She's got this fucking Robert Blake on the other. And he's at this ranch in Matahari. Okay. He calls it Matahari. It's in North Hollywood. And this guy's a real weirdo, dude, because he's got a gym. Now, first of all, he's a healthy eater. He doesn't eat junk food. Because he thinks he might get a leading man's role again. You never know in Hollywood. So he's trying to keep it all tight. So he's eating healthy and he exercises every day. And he's got a gym that he works out in. But in this gym is also one of those uh, ballet bars, like a plie bar. And he works out and strips down to, to his waist and poses and does weird stretches on this plie bar, mm -hmm. listening to jazz. Okay. That's his workout. Right next to the plie bar is a giant glass case full of shotguns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So he's working out shirtless, listening to jazz with ballet bars next to a giant glass case full of shotguns. That's what he's doing on his downtime. That's how he collects himself. Mm. Really think about that. Mm. And this woman's trying to get him. So she's dating them both, right? And Robert Blake's telling her right away, like, listen, I'm not looking to try to... He's already had a marriage. Right. Divorce, and he's already got kids. Adult kids. He's 65. He's not looking to raise another family. She says, no problem. I'm on birth control. Shows him the pills. Turns out, those pills? Vitamin C. Expired. No. Mm, they're vitamins. She's 40. Okay. In order to get pregnant, she's going to have to take pills that will be fertility drugs. Right. Uh, so instead of taking the fucking pill, she's taking fertility drugs. So she can get pregnant. Telling these guys, both Christian and Blake, She's on birth control. Think about that. She's trying to catch a baby. Think about that. And she gets pregnant. And she tells Robert Blake and Christian Brando, both separately. Christian Brando says, um, I'll take I'll 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 take the I'll I'll treat the baby I'll treat the baby as my own. Blake's going ballistic saying, You tricked me! It's bullshit. You don't do that. Da, 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 yeah, da, right? Yeah, an abortion. Exactly. He's telling her to take the after the pill, after the daycare pill or whatever that's called, right? She won't do it now. She's always wanted a baby, she says. Now he's real pissed. Now she's talking to her advisors, like her sister. Which one should I go? She's already got a baby. Now she's saying, do I go with Christian Brando, who's cuter than Robert Blake and younger than Robert Blake? Or do I go with Robert Blake that's actually the celebrity? Her friends are telling her, Christian's already gotten in trouble for killing somebody. Like he's already gotten involved in some kind of manslaughter thing, right? His father, Marlon Brando, got on the, on the stand and testified to protect his son and wept and everything. And he, all he caught was manslaughter. But it's pretty clear he probably killed that person. Or Robert Blake. All everyone told her to go with Robert Blake because he seemed like the safer guy. Out of the two, like if you're in a position where Robert Blake is the better choice, you're fucked up. You're fucked. Right. You're fucked. Right. When the top choice is Robert Blake, you're in the middle of some shit. Right, and apparently Christian Brando, according to Bonnie, had paranoid delusions too. Like he'd flip yeah, his wig every yeah, so long. Yeah, the dude was yeah, he was supposed to be crazy head. fucker. He was crazy, yeah. right? Well, Brando's a little crazy too. Yeah, right, right. Both methods. Right. So <clears throat> the way she told it to Blake was, "I hate to tell you this, but the pill didn't work for me. I was supposed to take them for a week or two at first, and I didn't start taking them a couple days before. Now you have to, but now you don't have to worry about it happening." And Blake says, you can't have the baby. 
right? He's telling her all the stuff. Uh, and then eventually he said, uh, you know, Blake tells Bonnie, people hurt each other all the time, but when you hurt somebody deliberately. This is in relation to the baby. This is how Robert Blake talks. But when you hurt somebody deliberately, somebody you care about, rip their fucking heart out. Make them crawl and squirm. That's tough stuff. I mean, you, you have to live with yourself, and I don't know how you do it. The one thing in the world you knew I was terrified of was anybody getting pregnant, and you did it deliberately. Why? Not because you wanted to be with me. It has something to do with some crazy shit that's going on in your head that you want Robert Blake's baby. And that's all on you, baby. And you... <laughs> I mean... You almost got through it, bro. Imagine... Imagine that's a car like Blake's for his running for his life and he's still talking like it's a television sitcom. And that's all on you, baby. You have to live with that. So she gets in trouble with the police. She's on probation for some unrelated charge. She's back in New Jersey. She wants to get married with Robert Blake. Now she's got the baby, Robert Blake's baby. Now Robert Blake turns on a dime. From that guy you just heard, all of a sudden he starts talking all this nice stuff and he loves the baby and I like to be a father and all this other kind of stuff. So he says, why don't we meet up? Bring the baby. I want to see the baby. So they meet up. She flies from New Jersey or wherever she's at, brings the baby. They meet up at a place. Robert grabs the baby and looks at his daughter, Rosie, smiles. And then two police officers grab Bonnie for violating her parole by flying. And he set her up, kept the baby, and she got taken back to New Jersey. What? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. So now he's got the baby. And I think at this point, the plan is that she he's going to figure out how to give it to his daughter to raise. Because his daughter doesn't have any babies and she she had like a kind of like an annulled marriage with some whack job and the whole thing's all fucked up but now she can have a baby and it's robert blake's baby and he'll be raised by delina mm. right and they got to get rid of bonnie so they start working out this whole thing eventually through all the negotiations bonnie gets robert blake to agree to marry her mm. With some stipulations. First being that she's not entitled to shit. No alimony. No child support. Nothing. Everything I have is mine. And she agreed to it. The only thing she wanted was like a real engagement ring. (laughs) That's all she wanted. He didn't even do that. Bought her a fucking cheap ass piece of shit that fell apart within two days. But is that right? That is absolutely true. But, but, they do get married. They sign the certificate. They have a small ceremony. Mm-hmm. Not the big celebrity wedding that she wanted, but Bonnie could say, I am now married mm-hmm. to a celebrity. And, and, she did a background check on Robert Blake. He was worth eight point six million dollars at that time hmm. which is pretty good for what that guy was what he did right he saved everything surprising so so now they're married they're stuck in this thing and she's trying to have a normal relationship and now he's driving her nuts and trying to get rid of her and trying to do all this stuff right 
What they think happened is that she started hatching a plan to get the baby away. Really? Yeah. And they think that Robert had her phones tapped and knew about the plan. Jesus. And so all of a sudden, Robert Blake says, you know what? Why don't we go traveling? Why don't we travel? And they go traveling. Right. In the United States, on a, in a car. And they go to like different like tourist areas in the Southwest, right? And he brings with him his loyal bodyguard, Earl Caldwell. Huge guy. Big guy. And they're like in shitty parts of like Las Vegas, like, like Reno. Like, you know, like not the thing. Right. Right. And Robert Blake, it's, and it's just the three of them. Think about this. They're on some kind of weird honeymoon trip of some kind. And it's Robert Blake, Bonnie, and Earl Caldwell, <laughs> his bodyguard. The three of them. And Bonnie is talking to her sister throughout this whole thing and reporting what's going on. And they're, they've got separate rooms with an adjoining door, right? And he's acting cold. The thing that happens is she says there's some weird shit going on. And they're like, what do you mean? And Bonnie says, well, yesterday, yesterday, right? He said, yesterday, um, we go on this like long hike up by this canyon. And we go up there, and, and this whole time, Robert hasn't touched me. But now, but now he, he's ready to, you know, he's real amorous. And so we start making out. Amorous. Yeah. And he says to me that, you know, it's always been my fantasy to have a, a woman drink some tequila and then suck my dick. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, like, think about this. That doesn't sound like a weird setup. Where is this? Writing this, bro. Dude, this is a legit book, and this is with quotes. Wow. These are recorded conversations. Oh, shit. Listen. Listen to what he did. And Earl Caldwell was later interrogated by the police and reported all this stuff, too. Who was there? Listen. Wow. Bonnie's not getting it. Her friends and her sister are telling you, like, it's sounding like he's trying to kill you. And Bonnie's like, so on some days, she's like, I think you're right. I got to get out of here. And then another day, she's like, I don't know. Maybe at least I'm happy. At least I'll die happy. She's saying weird shit. And he's saying, you know, one minute he's a cold as a fish. The next minute he's like, you know. You don't want to make love to you. I want to make love to you. <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always wanted a woman to drink some tequila and suck my dick. That's why I've always been a weird fantasy of mine. And she tells him, I don't like tequila. <laughs> <laughs> but if you buy me some vodka, I'll do it. God damn. So he buys her some cheap-ass rum or something. It's like 151. <laughs> <laughs> put a tequila sticker on it. So I believe it's I've always wanted to feel the cold pinch of a tequila on like the corona like of my dick. fucking craziness, dude. <laughs> yeah. So they go up, and they find this place, and there's no one around, and... Caldwell stays back by the fucking car. They're up there, and she finally takes off all her clothes, and she's swigging on it. Mm. And Robert Blake takes his pants off, and he's nude from the waist down. Mind you, they're married, mm. right? She's getting ready to do the whatever Cut off it is. muscle shirt up top. Right, <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden, they hear a noise, and they look, and it's Earl Caldwell. <laughs> With a gun pointed at her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. But he's throwing up and crying. And he's got a gun in his hand. 
And Robert Blake leaves his wife there without his pants on. <laughs> runs over and starts comforting Earl Caldwell. <laughs> and tell him it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll get someone else to do it. Oh, my God. Wow. He's got no pants on. His junk's hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Earl Caldwell's got a gun in his hand. That was Earl Caldwell. <laughs> his fucking bodyguard. Wait, gotta, oh, is there a picture of him? I don't know. Go find the picture. Be. Earl Caldwell. Earl Caldwell, Blake's bodyguard. Look it up. He's got a shirt. By the way, Earl Caldwell wears a shirt that says, says who? <laughs> Everybody in the says who crew that rolls with Blake. So Bonnie still doesn't get the message. She thinks that Blake might be gay now. Now, uh, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. She's dead. Right. So who is it that this story is coming from? I'm telling you. Caldwell, her sister, who she talked to on the phone all the time during this trip because there was so much weird shit going on. Not Marjorie. I was just reading something here that said uh, the mom said, her mom, Bonnie's mom said that she had to stay out in the guest house. Yeah, on the property. Yeah, that she wasn't even, she didn't even, they were married, but she lived in the guest house. She didn't live in the main home. Right. So... So they know about the details because of all the investigation that went into it. So she still doesn't get it. She's like, well, maybe he's gay for Earl. Maybe Robert Blake's gay for Earl. Like she should have left then. Right? Like, like if your guy, if you're, if, listen, ladies, Mr., Mrs. Earbuds, if you're listening to this, I'm going to give you a clue. If you're with a guy and he tells you that his dream has always been to have a woman drink tequila and give him a blowjob, and then before it can even happen, his buddy shows up without a gun, <laughs> with a gun in his hand? Leave. Don't yeah. stick around and try to figure it out. Just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Right. And then another time, on that same trip, they're on another hike. Blake says, I'm cold. He sends Earl back down to the car, and Earl comes back up shaking and saying his stomach hurts and he can't do it anymore. And finally, Blake tells him, okay, 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 don't worry about it. And she still doesn't get it. Shortly thereafter, you have the incident where... And obviously, they went and checked out this dude, right? Yeah, yeah sure. they interrogated him. Right. They interrogated him. But by this point in time, this guy didn't do it. He couldn't do it the first couple of times. So that motherfucker hired somebody else to do it. He even hired... He talked to Bonnie's brother. She had, a, he had, like, she had like a gay brother named Juan or something like that mm-hmm. who was living with a guy in Tijuana but was also kind of an actor. And so Blake met with him and talked to him a little bit and said like... Hey, you know, you have a problem killing anybody? That's exactly what he did. Right. He said, how much, you know, because he knew he'd gotten into some trouble or something. He's like, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, you ever do someone? And like the brother was like, what? And then so like, so instead the brother tries to figure out how to bilk money out of Blake. Right. right? Well, I got to know you're serious. Yeah. Well, I want to see some, you know, good faith, earnest money. You know, you got about a thousand bucks out of Blake before Blake just dropped him because he was clear that this guy didn't want any part of any paid murder scenario. But Blake never revealed who he wanted killed. Guy looks like a hitman. Yeah. Who? I know somebody. I know somebody that 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 um, what is it? Solicited. Yeah, solicited. 
This lady solicited to have her husband whacked. Solicited it to, what should I say, a friend of mine, right? It wasn't my friend. I mean, it was a friend of mine, but it wasn't him. It was his cousin that got this thing bought. And so they ended up getting the woman, and she was offering like $20,000 to do this, right? And they got this woman to fucking give them 10 grand in cash. And then they just... Didn't do, didn't do it. Do anything. <laughs> like, what could you do? And she couldn't go back and tell. Yeah. She could, there was nothing she could do. And they worked good. it for 10000 That's a good look. Yeah. But, okay. Look at this guy, man. I mean, he's... Describe him, Shorts. Yeah. Uh, he just, you know, uh, he actually reminds me of John Goodman's character in Killing Him Softly. And that's the that's uh, the, uh, but that's the bodyguard? That's the security? That's the security? Yeah, Earl. that's the guy, Earl Caldwell. Is that, that him now? That was him back then. Okay. Is he dead now? I no. don't know. I don't know. You know what? And how, right. did, how did fucking... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, go on. All right, hold on. I just want to take a look at... Blake's co-defendant is silent. Earl Caldwell was eventually charged along with Blake. For the murder? Yeah, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. conspiracy. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, then, okay. Besides conspiracy, Blake is charged with murder and two counts of soliciting murder. The 69-year-old actor, best known for his role, Beretta, has been held without bail in Men's Central Jail in downtown Los Angeles since his arrest in April. And this comes from a 2003 article. Now, the interesting thing is this, is that they're holding him on the murder, but they're also holding him on solicitation of murder. Right. So somebody came forward and was like, oh, yeah, he asked me to kill her. Right? Maybe. Somebody said that. Somebody, Somebody said, said that. something. The brother. They got that information while they're holding him. I mean, because Blake, for a period of time, Blake also knew a lot of different stunt dudes. And some of the stunt dudes were maybe affiliated with certain... Right. Organizations that right. were involved with motorcycles, let's right. say. Right, right. And so he was having them out at the ranch and saying lots of weird shit and leading yeah, questions. Exactly. So somebody in that crew, I don't know what whoever had finally figured it all out, uh-huh. but somebody in that crew at least told the cops, like, well, he was acting kind of weird. He was inviting us all out and he was asking us, to, you know, like, yeah, it was kind of weird. He asked me to come out and ride bikes with him, but then he started asking me, like, you know, how would you feel about burying a body? Yeah, you know, shit yeah, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, do you have any shovels? You know, what if I had so to... The, will the body decompose <laughs> over, like... Yeah. Hey, if I... Uh, let me ask you a different question. Um, can you help me get... Re- have a friend. Yeah, I'm have asking a, for a friend. friend of a friend of mine. Is, right, wants right. you to get... Uh, but, uh, in any event, so some that information came out right. kind of soon after right. that this guy's out here asking people. Right. Right. Uh and the jury cleared him of criminal charges. Uh-uh. Fucking nuts. Yeah. The tough talking Beretta star was eventually charged with murdering Bonnie Blake Bakley, his spouse of six months they were married. <laughs> and dude, it's real weird. At the funeral, 
Like the book goes into like how he acted at the funeral. The weird thing about this guy is that he was so intimately close to the whole death of it and knew what had happened probably and was still able to carry on probably what he considered his best role of all. Exactly. The grieving father. And at the funeral, he spoke. And the sad thing is the daughter, Rosie, her mom's gone. Ah, what kind of mom and this and that? Doesn't I don't know. matter. Doesn't matter. And he pulls like a white rose off the casket. Think about that. During the funeral speech, he pulls a white rose and cradles it. And in the speech says, you know, it was part of destiny that, you know, we met and this happened, but it was so that Rosie could be here, our daughter. Now, think about how that might mess you up if you're Rosie growing up. Like, you know, between zero, like I look at my daughter and I'm like, man, this kind of weird shit was happening around my girl. I don't know what, I, I could never. But imagine, you know, growing up like that and then turning 14 and now people are asking you like, you know, do you talk to your dad much? I mean, he was accused of murdering your mom and all this shit. Right, she's right, giving right. interviews and she's kind of like caught in the middle. It's not her fault. You know, and then I'm not saying her mom, anybody deserves to be killed, but her mom definitely was walking a weird line. You know, she was... Availing her, I mean, there's stories in the book about how they were bilking this like really fat. They called him the blob internet guy, who didn't like to interact with humans and was just, you know, on on internet and like doing whatever. And she and her friends would send crotch shots to him and pick up bags of money outside his house. And he was like <laughs> obese. We were a real weird scene, real weird scene, bro. Real weird scene. The whole thing. And the fact is, is that 15 years later, right, his, his PI, his private investigator, comes out and talks about the case, right? And what does the PI say? 15 years after the shocking slaying, a private eye who worked for the defense team says he doesn't think Blake killed Bakley, but he does feel he had everything to do with what happened. Yeah, okay. But how does a motherfucker that was in court Acting as a defense, how is a motherfucker like that able to come back and go, you know what I think, and not be held accountable or in contempt? Well, because he, the, it, because the trial already happened. There's no double jeopardy. It's over now. It's over now. Did they go for murder? So one a piece on of him? shit like that gets paid and then goes ahead and later on is like, you know what? I think he was like, why do that shit? He says, he says, I do not believe for one second that he pulled the trigger. But yes, I do believe that he was involved. But what was he about during the trial, defending this guy? Ross, who hung on to the files from the case, also says prosecutors would have gotten a conviction against Blake if they had pursued a different strategy and not charged his bodyguard, Earl Caldwell. One of the documents Ross kept in the official log of all the police work on the case, an entry for November 26, 2001, shows Caldwell was served with a grand jury subpoena, a sign prosecutors hoped he'd dish on his boss. But Ross said that never happened. Instead of giving Caldwell immunity to talk, prosecutors made him his co-defendant and hit him with a murder conspiracy charge. They never got Caldwell to talk, and that's how... Blake beat it. And the guy really was loyal. This is Earl Caldwell. Yeah. All right. Earl Caldwell. He looks like Jeff Garland. He's about 6'4", yeah. 
Looks thinner version of Jeff Garland. You know what he kind of looks like? He's more reminiscent of Everybody Loves Raymond's brother. Kind of big hair, big schnozzle, big chin, kind of like a um, Laurel and Hardy chin, like that that, that droopy chin. Uh, looks like he probably there is about 200 pounds. Big hairy knuckles. I mean, the fucking thing looks like what? What a suit on that guy, too. Why would anyone pick a suit like that? Looks like All the colors are the same color as his hair and skin. A big giant brown <laughs> does, fucking You're right. It does match him. Although there's a whole theory behind how you look in front of a jury. Right. When it will look plain? Right. right. Absolutely. That's very plain. This looks like a guy that doesn't know his fucking ass from a hole in the ground. That and that's going to cause a jury to think like, how's this bumblefuck going to be part right, of some right. conspiracy to commit murder? It looks like a suit from like Men's Warehouse in like 91. Right. George, I'm George Zimmerman. Yeah, I'm yeah. George Zimmerman. You'll love the way you look. Right. I'm not only a client. <laughs> yeah, well, his hair is, I mean, forget about it. His hair looks like a, a fucking back of a teddy bear or something. It's like real weird dark brown. <laughs> Beady eyes, lots of forehead. A lot of men have big forehead. Lots of skull. <laughs> look like a tortoise shell. Look at big. I can't even imagine. I really sometimes when I look at photos like this, I wonder how women have sex with us at all. Yeah. Do you ever wonder that? Yeah. You ever wonder that? Yeah. You just look at these guys and you go, "How's any woman lay underneath sure. a guy like that and try to keep it together without busting up laughing in your face?" Oh my God. If I was a chick, I'd, I'd probably be just be a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh man. Anyway, disgusting. That's the Blake story. Real weird. Real cheese. So Blake ends up getting exonerated. Okay, exonerated from. He sells Matahari his ranch, and he just keeps a low profile. Unlike fucking OJ. He's eighty-two, long retired, keeps a low profile, and declines interviews. That's how Robert Blake handles it. Rode off into the sunset. The real the Robert real. Blake, you son of a bitch. We know you did it. <laughs> we know you fucking had something to do with it. Yeah. Chad yeah. and it all started in Chadney's. Wait a minute, you knew Chad. Hey, you can, if you got money, you can get away with murder. That's right. If you don't got money, you don't get away with murder. If you don't have money, you'll get convicted with murder. The fuck? Well, you know what? They finally got Durst. He got convicted. That's true. Yeah, the motherfucker's fucking done. No, he don't give a fuck. He made it. He spent his whole life free. He got spent die in prison. Yeah, I don't think that's such a big deal when you're that age. I don't. I really don't. You're like, you know what? I don't have to do anything anymore. Now they bring me my food. I don't have to worry about bills. (laughs) I'm only gonna be around for another fucking few years. Eh, I got. I didn't get caught. I made it most of the. You know, like. I don't think it really serves anything when you catch somebody at that last couple years of their life. Oh, well, they're going to die in prison. They yeah. got away with that shit. You're right. And even more to your point, it's during the COVID time, so nobody's really doing it. Like, these old fucks aren't doing anything anyway. No. It's, just, it's true. There's no more. There was no, no cruise in his future. That guy is barely fucking able to sit through trial. Motherfucker right. will probably die in the next couple of years. Right. So finally you lock him up when he's got like one year left. He's already... It costs us more time yeah. and energy than anything. Huh. Waste. The guy, I mean... Because he couldn't do your job in the first place. You let him go. He admitted to chopping up a body and they still they let him go. They saw fucking trash bags in the house and they didn't do anything. <laughs> the 
like a kid caught a torso on he a fishing caught, line. Oh, wait, wait. He admitted. Yeah. Right? Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And didn't, like, he's probably laughing, like, finally, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Almost had me. Yeah. yeah. I think the only reason why they got him, though, was because he agreed to do a documentary and said something on Mike. Yeah. His idiot ass made a mistake. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. He was able to fucking run away with it all for as long as he could. You know what, though? Now listen, I'm not saying better than or not, or, but then you, but but they'll surely convict Manson, and they ain't got Manson doing shit really, except telling people to do something right at the yeah. most, and he's done forever. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a bunch of crazy people saying that they told him to do it, and they convicted him, and put him away for life. That's why I always talk about that book. Chaos or whatever it was called, the yeah, one because, right, because yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. bigger fucking there's a bigger picture yeah. that like that maybe Manson was part of a larger program that testing we don't know LSD about. and yep. all this other weird shit that we don't know about. Right, you know? that's a weird scene, man. And listen, they 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 never had an eyewitness in this case in the Beretta case. They didn't have any DNA in the Beretta case. There was, was no it before DNA. I don't think it was before, okay. but I don't think DNA was as deep as it is now. But again, it's still impossible because what DNA would there be? Obviously, she would have some DNA. She was in his car. It wouldn't yeah, point I don't to know anything. How he would. One of the reasons on the as oath, long as he didn't pull the trigger, bro, what, you're not. There's no, I, there's no eyewitnesses. No one said they saw him. Clearly, where she was killed. He was in a public place with an he alibi. Could, you want to know something? You'd have to find somebody that would said, "Yes, I took the money and agreed to do it." That's the That's only, the way, you only way. You find the weak link. That's right. attached to him. But I'm going to tell you too, it wouldn't even have mattered if somebody saw him, if they didn't catch him. Then that would be an alibi. It was somebody other than him. Right. I saw the guy. He was at it, but he was over here drinking water. Like, so it didn't matter if the dude would have gotten seen. If he didn't get caught, that would even help him. Right. The more confusion would be an, a, a least reasonable doubt. And let's be honest, man. I mean, like, I know that if you if you watch too many of those first forty eights, you might get you know, but you know I still say that you know murder is a crime that you know the you can get away with a murder. <clears throat> well, the prosecutors did get the two stuntmen that I was talking about, Ronald Hamilton and Gary McLarty, right? Were they trying to convict them too? No, they were witnesses. Maybe they gave them immunity, right? And said, okay, listen, or they didn't do anything. I mean, they did, if they didn't do it, what they were testifying to was he did talk to us about killing his wife. The only problem was they were also habitual drug users. But let me ask you this. So the defense was like, oh, all right. When when you said he was not, not found guilty, he was, what do you call it? He was, ex he was exonerated, right. So you can't retry the case? No. Double why, jeopardy. Why can you retry some cases? Yeah. New evidence. Isn't it new evidence that these guys are coming to the table saying, yeah, he talked to me about a murder? No. I mean, it's one thing. Or the guy putting the book out saying, yeah, I was supposed to murder and I couldn't. They didn't, he didn't say that. These guys were already put into evidence. Prosecution already put those guys into evidence. They already testified. But I've heard of people getting convicted on murder and they come back on appeal. Convicted ah. on a murder and then come, come back, back on, on appeal. appeal. You were convicted. And then, then they appeal it. Well, you can appeal anything. Did, did they appeal 
Oh, you mean the the lack of conviction? Like if right. they get acquitted, and like then... you got acquitted, can't the state, can't the state or the city or the prosecutor retry him again? No, can't no, they no, re- no, come at him again? no. Okay, you could appeal the court's decision. You could, you could, you. There okay. is a procedure by which you can disturb the verdict, which would be on appeal. But in order to do that in a criminal case where the jury is the one that determines the guilt or innocence and the evidence and all that other stuff, most likely you have to have like a procedural flaw. There had to have been something that the judge did in accident that allowed the jury to see evidence that they had no business seeing. That's the only way you could really overturn something generally. Or, and I've never heard of this, I've heard of it in civil cases, I've never heard of it in criminal, or that in some weird way the jury made a decision that that no reasonable jury could ever make, right? Let's say, for instance, you had like a, a uh, let's say you had like a famous celebrity like a fucking Michael Jackson, and they found him not guilty. Only if you could show the appellate court that given the evidence that was admitted, it was so overwhelming. So overwhelming. Like Michael Jackson, they confessed to it. There was a video of it. Right. We saw it. No, 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 no. And then they finally said, no way. Only then can you contest it. Could you really probably contest it? Otherwise, it would have to be this evidence was led into the jury. The jury saw the evidence, it poisoned their minds. But this evidence should never have been let in in the first place. This is the standard for evidence. And the judge obviously abused his discretion in letting in the evidence. If you can convince the appellate court that, you get another trial because the court will be like, well, they should never have seen that. Anybody could tell you that. They should have never found out that the rape victim was, you know, her sexual history because that's got nothing to do with the rape. All that did was drag her through the mud. and That's not right. You might be able to get something like that. But it's real rare. And here's the way, way it goes. On appeals for qu- cases, there's like, there's like only a couple of standards. One is, generally speaking, at the trial level, appellate courts do not want to get involved in what they call the trier of facts decision. They don't want to disturb what the trier of facts has done. That's usually the judge in certain cases or the jury. Now, the jury or the judge are the ones that test who's credible, right? At a certain point, when anyone gives testimony, it comes down to, they could be lying, but it comes down to, do you believe them? And some of it's obvious when the defense attorney gets up and goes, yeah, you said that, but weren't you over there on da-da-da? Well, yeah, I was. Okay, so doesn't that mean you're lying? No. I mean, it could be. And it you know, the defense, the defense attorney can make a witness look like they're lying or the defense attorney doesn't do anything. But the person just sounds like a liar. They might even be telling the truth. But they just sound. I don't know. Have you ever met anybody that however they talk for some yep, reason? They just like sound they're making it up like you're mm-hmm. making it up. Right. And this is one of the things that attorneys deal with when we start getting ready for trial. It's yeah, all that. Get, shit, those, right? get the iron that shit out. But the thing is, is pellet courts are not going to fuck with those determinations by the jury who they believed because the, the the whole idea of the court is the best person first of all it's imperfect nobody's ever really gonna know mm-hmm. but the person who actually sat there and listened to the testimony in live time the energy the eyes the body language all that stuff that's the best person to determine whether or not this person's a bullshit artist or not and at the appellate level we ain't going to ch- check that 
So if if these guys get up there and they lie and the jury thinks they lied, sorry, then that the appellate court's not going to change that. That's a crazy fucking story, bro. Yeah. Thank you. That was no, a good one. Thank Robert you. Blake. Robert yeah. Blake. Long awaited. Mickey Gabatosi. Gabatosi. And fucking what's her name? Bonnie Bakley. Bonnie Bakley. And you oh, know yeah. what? I feel Broken. the person that I really feel for and most out of all this is the daughter Rosie. Yeah, She's like right. nineteen now, I for think. Sure. Let's get her on the show. I Dr. would love Okay, if somebody out there knows her, let's get her in contact that with us. That would be great. Well, gentlemen. Uh I think we are going to wrap it up for this episode of the Hard Luck Show. Right. Chuman, shout outs. I want to give a shout out to uh, Ovanda Bowen LLP, but I also want to give a shout out to the LA Crime Mixtape. Yeah. On Patreon. We're setting everything up so you can own the most grisly, funny, darkly comedic shows about the crimes that have happened in Los Angeles as told by the unholy trinity of talk. Also, uh, The Art of War coming soon, mm-hmm. full audio book, yeah. deemed robust by Old Blue Eyes. Yes, right. that's right. That's right. Uh, that's what I got. Sean? Sean at movemental.media. For your audio needs. For everything. For anything you, you need want. need a back rub? <laughs> you need a front rub? <laughs> yep. Need a side rub. You, you want to see drink some, some fucking tequila and get your all right. Listen, junk, listen. Junk, I'm going to tell junk. you something right now. I have audio. I have actual audio right now of the last back rub that Sean gave. Okay, he hear. gave it in a glass cage in front of people, and, yeah, and listen to the let's sound. Hear Here, let's hear it. Here it is. Here's Sean. He's walking up to the person. He's getting ready to give him a back rub. See the crowd reacting. Yeah. And look what Sean does. He said, Sean. Oh, oh, he goes, Sean. Oh, Sean. Yeah. All right, Schwartz. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to my wife because she uh, kind of gave me some uh, Robert Blake rundown this morning. Oh, yeah? And, uh, Last yeah. minute? Yeah, she did. She when is your wife coming on the show, bro? Oh, I don't know. Probably when COVID and Delta have been completely extinguished. What has she got against Delta Airlines? Yeah, no, she's, you know, got some health stuff going. Yeah. But, no, I want to give a shout-out to to my wife, Megan. Look, man. Shout-out to Megan. Hey, Megan. And, uh... Megan, Megan it happened. Yo, Meg. Hey, Megan, it happened. Thanks for Megan, it happened. Hey, Meg. Megan, it happened. Look, man. That's it. Motherfucker. All right, and a uh, shout out to my partners over here at Hard Luck. Shout out to um, CookiesSF.com. Check them out. Uh, Vibes Papers. Uh, shout out to those guys. Solus Actions. Okay. Stellon Oriole. City of Santa Monica. And my kids and grandson. Listen to Hard Luck. Fridays. Uh, uh, I'm no, uh, I'm no ghost to the, uh, the cigarette butt bottle. Uh, uh, I'm no, uh, I'm no ghost to the, uh, the cigarette butt bottle. So you get zapped out like a Tesla, what? So you get zapped out like a Tesla, what? Zapped out.
Get zapped out. Get zapped out. Like a Tesla would. Mash on the gas in the cloud of dust. Y'all motherfuckers can't follow us. Killer on the beat when I finally bust. Trust yeah. me, say that I don't play Nathan. Get fucked up like you're off that vaping. Taking, tripping, no escaping. Whipping, dipping, no relation. Triple, triple, bangers, bangers. Mamas, hitters, haters, stangers. Bring that anything you want. Got no time to flow on a foot. All my motherfucking shit up. Damn, this track is on my nuts. Just like your bitch, she wish she was. She wish she was. She wish she was. Step into a club and then walk right in. Love up to the DJ, cause I like the way she spins. Make a little move to the middle of the flow. Shuffle with that book and then I'm out the back door. Shaking off these boppers, cause I got no time for games. Hop up in the truth and then I'm back up to the range. This is on a daily, so we do it all again. Keeping up with us is just enough to fuck your brain. <coughs> Mm-hmm. <clears throat>